reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde, here to help you sort through the spin, the distortion, and the obfuscation offered up each and every day by our corporate media. Today's show is about being ruled by the reasonable and pragmatic, which I suppose means uh, those who are acceptable to uh, the folks who are already in power. In other words, keeping the status quo basically where it needs to be. And uh, we're going to start with a couple of examples of uh, some of that, uh, that uh, reasonable, pragmatic spin that uh, the media likes to throw our way, just to make sure that we're not thinking a little too close to the truth. Uh, case in point, it's been summertime, right? We've, uh, we've seen the weather maps. Look at the temperatures on this map. This is Minnesota with a little glimpse into uh, North and South Dakota. Look at those temperatures. These are Fahrenheit temperatures. 84 is the high in Sioux Falls, uh, 74, you know, up in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Why the, the, the fiery-looking background? Does that not speak to somebody who wants us to feel fearful and, and maybe like there's some kind of a climate emergency, climate catastrophe? Because it sure feels like that is the direction where we're being steered. Just a little something to watch for. I mean, it's, it's such a, an interesting departure from what, I mean, how many of us would, would gladly trade places? Man, I would love to have 77 degrees. That sounds very comfortable, but what's with the, uh, you know, doom kind of a background? I don't have an answer for you other than it sure feels like somebody wants us to be afraid. Here's another example with a lot of uh, the media, especially national, national, national media, uh, just up in arms about, well, now there's been another indictment of President Trump. Yes, the little boy has cried wolf once again. New York Times talks about how federal prosecutors have charged Donald Trump in connection with his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And I like how Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, actually calls him out on this particular spin. Overturn the election is unethical reporting, he says, or pure propaganda because it implies intent to do a crime instead of to stop a crime. You see the difference? It's like implying self-defense is murder which is, we know, you know, depending on the state that you're in, if you're in a blue state, uh, your chances of getting charged with murder, you know, are, are pretty high if you're defending yourself. Kyle Rittenhouse can tell you about that. Daniel Penny could tell you about that. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about uh, ruled by the reasonable and the pragmatic. There's a lot of effort being expended right now in uh, the West Bonner County School District to, uh, to show uh, the appointed superintendent Brandon Durst to the curb. And I mean, this guy has had to deal with some real vitriol. So let's leave it to the Idaho statesman to uh, warn us about how teachers are fleeing the small district, fearing the impact of a right-wing politician's appointment. Now you have to wonder, are those teachers left-wing teachers for, by some chance? Um, you know, we're, I, I suppose that's what we're supposed to infer is that uh, he's so right-wing that, uh, that this is why teachers want to get away. But uh, nobody has really asked the question, are those teachers planning on being activists? Are they realizing that's not going to fly under his uh, stewardship? Because that sounds like a good thing, at least to, you know, a person who's normal, who still understands right and wrong. Anyway, let's delve into the article a bit. Brandon Durst believes he was chosen for a purpose. Last month, he was appointed superintendent of the West Bonner County School District, encompassing a little more than, than 1,000 students at the tip of the Idaho panhandle. But picking Durst meant the divided school board passed over its interim superintendent, a nearly 40-year veteran of the district, for a controversial politician 
<laughs> with, with little K-12 through education experience. It meant they also looked beyond the time Durst was accused of encouraging his wife to beat his son. And also the time the entire GOP Senate leadership condemned his egregious behavior confronting a state legislature, legislator rather. Now, we're left to make some pretty strong associations here on our own. So we'll just have to fill in the blanks, I guess. But isn't, isn't that kind of a curious thing to bring up? I mean, the, he was accused of it. Okay, was he convicted of it? I mean, is, is, is there something more? Is it just an accusation? Um, politicians calling one another out for uh, for what they call egregious behavior. Again, give us some context. What exactly did that constitute? Did he yell at somebody? I mean, in the right setting, it may have been egregious, but we don't really know, do we? All we know is that Brandon Durst, bad. Or at least I, I feel like that's the conclusion where the statesman is leading us. Back to the story. It meant, Durst told Investigate West in a lengthy interview last week, that they, meaning the school district, wanted someone who would bring change. He says if the board had wanted to maintain the status quo, they would have hired someone else. Now, Durst, an analyst for the right-wing Idaho Freedom Foundation, by the way, he is not employed by the Idaho Freedom Foundation, but they're throwing this out there, again, to muddy the waters, with a degree in executive educational leadership, wants this district to more closely reflect the values of the parents in the very, very conservative community. Now, they put very, very conservative community in quotes because apparently this is something Brandon said. What he's referring to, though, is not a bunch of goose-stepping people who are out there on the fringes of society. That very, very conservative community actually represents normalcy. A normalcy that was just as mainstream as could be up until just very recently here in Idaho. People who want to be left alone, to pursue happiness, to live their lives, don't want to boss their neighbors around, don't uh, feel like everything has to be a political statement. People who still understand right from wrong. But... As you'll see, this is only just the beginning. In his first month, Durst has replaced three district employees with his own temporary picks, hinting at what those changes might look like. Now, that includes replacing the district's business manager with Melissa Riley. And here we go. Smear campaign on. The wife of Dave Riley, one of North Idaho's most infamous figures on the alt-right, a trollish network of Internet-savvy, racist and anti-Semitic groups that arose during the Trump era. Okay, what about her? I mean, that's a lot of name-calling. Thank you, you know. Uh, whoever whoever wrote that 40-word sentence, you know, congratulations to them for their endurance. But, okay, in 2017, Dave Riley attended the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, sporting a pin with the logo of the white supremacist group Identity Europa. This is quite an accusation, but all it really tells me is that uh, Dave Riley is not liked by whoever's writing for the Idaho statesman. And and I just think this this needs to be offered just in, in the interest of why were people there? Why was there a rally at Charlottesburg or Charlottesville rather in the first place? Because it wasn't just, you know, so-called white supremacist groups and the counter demonstrators who are Antifa types. It wasn't just the extremists on those ends of the political spectrum that were showing up there. There were a lot of people who were just like, I don't like the idea of tearing down monuments and tearing down statues because somebody's butt hurt over actual history. So my point is, there could be people who were there who were not affiliated with extremism, at least in the, in the traditional, normal sense, in any way, shape, or form, but were there because they just don't like to see history being rewritten or erased. But anyway, now this is about Dave Riley, not about his wife and her qualifications. Durst's appointment represents an opportunity for Idaho's more hardline conservatives to show what they're capable of when they're in charge. Or so says uh, the statesman. But as a new wave of right-wing activists, 
which apparently is the only kind of activist that exists across Idaho, has solidified control of institutions like North Idaho College, local library boards and school districts. Observers like, I'm sorry, I, I had to, to take some gag suppressant before uh, reading this next part. <clears throat> Moderate Idaho Republican political consultant, Krista Hazel. Yeah, she's moderate in the same sense that, uh, you know, the the Arctic can be uh, a little bit chilly certain times of the year. She's not moderate. She's as left wing as they come. But she likes to hide behind that Republican thing. Look at me. I'm just I'm just a moderate Republican, you know, comrade. (laughs) She says that these efforts are being used by Riley and his allies as a Trojan horse to gain a more mainstream audience. And again, she's not focusing on Durst. She's not focusing on. Uh, On Melissa Riley, she's focusing on Dave Riley because apparently he's just controversial enough that she hopes to get some mileage out of it. Hazel says, I believe that uh, the America First movement views Idaho, especially North Idaho, as a battleground state. I believe we're a beachhead for the movement. Now, there's almost always a who you know aspect to hiring, Durst said. It's just that he knows different people. I have a different network that's never been accessed by this district before. And he says the three employees he replaced weren't technically fired. Their contracts ended on June 30th. So that kind of puts it in a little bit different light of he's going in there and just brooming everybody out the door. Everything he did, and note this word here that they use, he insisted. Not that he said or he stated. He insisted. You have to believe this. It's just it's it's a weasel word to try to cast doubt. He insisted this was within his power as superintendent. In an emergency, and he's the one who gets to decide whether there's an emergency, he said he can temporarily appoint anybody he wants. Nobody's complaining about Durst's pick for the new head of human resources and experienced district staffer, but for the board clerk position, he picked Brandy Parody, a leader with Stop Idaho Rhinos, a group dedicated to rooting out the Republicans in name only, who its members believe, rather than observe, have infested Idaho politics. Now, Parody, like Durst, is a staunch supporter of, oh, here are the quotes, school choice, whatever that is, legislation that some teachers worry would further drain public schools of funding. It should be noted, public schools in Idaho right now have the greatest amount of funding they've ever had. Okay, they're, they're not being underfunded in any sense. Yes, they would, they would love more money. Yes, they could always use more money, but they are, they are on the receiving end of more funding than ever. But, uh, boy, if we give people competition, why, it's going to drain our schools of the funding. It's not the funding that they're worried about so much as the control over the education of young people. Now, Whitney Ehrman, who taught fourth grade last year at Priest Lake Elementary School in West Bonner and has led much of the opposition to Durst, says, Why would we not be suspicious of these people who've been so adamantly anti-public education for the past year? Uh, Whitney, dear, maybe they're just not down with your particular version of what uh, public education, government education is, is cracked up to be. Maybe that's why you react so uh, so outrageously. But while Parity isn't expected to apply for the permanent job, Melissa Riley is. In fact, Durst said she's offered to help because she wants to make sure that I'm successful. My question is, why don't all of these teachers, all of the parents, all of the uh, the people involved, why don't they want to see him succeed? Not for his own sake, but for the sake of the kids. This is really what it's about, right? Or is this just about we want political power, and if we can't have that raw exercise of political power, then somehow life isn't worth living. Now, Durst said that Melissa Riley's resume is impeccable. According to LinkedIn, a website, she has over seven years of professional accounting experience, including a year and a half stint as a financial analyst for the University of Notre Dame. Even a critic like Ehrman readily acknowledged that on paper, Melissa Riley clearly seems qualified. Ehrman said, when you hire someone so closely related to someone who's been in the news so much for so many horrible things, 
which may or may not be true or may not even correctly reflect reality. Just it's been in the news. Uh, you should be panicked like I am. It's really hard not to be paranoid, said Ehrman. I think maybe she, wanna, she may want to get some help for that paranoia because it really sounds like it's getting the best of her. Durst argues that Marissa, Melissa Riley's husband is irrelevant to his pick. She's her own person. She gets to think for herself. But a bunch of people who claim to be feminists are saying that a woman shouldn't be provided an opportunity because of who her husband is. And that seems so antithetical to the feminist cause. It's ridiculous. Yeah, listen to this. The, the, the statesman still has to try to get, but, but it's not clear how different the Riley's beliefs are from each other. Why does it matter? Dave's not the one who's been hired. Are, are you suggesting that they share a mind? Are they, are they part of the Borg? Or does it concern you that they're not being assimilated into the left-wing Borg that apparently a lot of others have been? Melissa Riley did not respond to an interview request, a very wise choice on her part, and also a good lesson for anybody else out there who understands you don't have to accept the invitation to your own struggle session. Now, Durst, however, says he knows Dave Riley better than most people, and he doesn't actually have any problem with him. He says, you may not like somebody. I don't care if they're friendly to me. If they don't do things that I find morally repugnant, repugnant that I'm aware of, I'm not going to hold that against them. This is actually a very mature and grown up approach. Look, people pop off sometimes and I'm not making any excuses for Dave Riley. I've not heard anything from him that would make me go, oh, my gosh, that guy is totally out of control or even a little bit out of control. All I know is that there are some people who very loudly and publicly don't like him. Am I just supposed to take their word? Is what they say supposed to be gospel? Hardly. Sorry. They haven't earned my trust either. So I'll make my judgment based on what I'm able to observe and not what others tell me. You have to think this way. All right. Moving on. We also learned that uh, in one sense... Krista Hazel says a tooth and nails ideological fight to control the school system isn't new in North Idaho. Is that really what it is? Is it a tooth and nail ideological fight or is it just simply that uh, this school district has problems and they need to be corrected? And maybe some of those problems don't even uh, trace back to ideology. Well, Hazel, as they remind us, the moderate political consultant meaning she's one of the presumably reasonable and pragmatic people we should trust, successfully beat a libertarian-leaning appointed incumbent to win a seat on the Coeur d'Alene School Board. But this fight today in districts like West Bonner is different, she said. Well, of course it is, because it's actually offering people a choice. She says she sees the exact same people who run in the exact same circle showing up at the battle over North Idaho College, where she accuses the trustees of having put the institution's accreditation in jeopardy. Yes, if we just left it in the hands of the left-wing activists, why, well, I'm sure it would be just fine. But you know, the accreditation is still intact, so I'm not sure what she's so upset about. Education has long been a focus of the far right, assures uh, Devin Burkhart, a professional alarmist and president for the Institute for Research and Education on Human Rights, an extremism research organization. This means Devin makes lists and then tells people, these are the folks that it's acceptable to hate. So whatever he says... You can only be sure that uh, he is not pleased with these groups, but uh, as far as uh, is there any merit to what he's saying? Hard to say, because some of the groups that he puts <laughs> he, he puts on the list, it, it's a little bit tough to tell if it's just a matter of, well, they're just not far enough to the left for his liking, or is everybody who's to the right of him considered an extremist based on how far to the left and extreme his own positions are? So what comes next? Well, Durst said the hiring process to choose who permanently gets the roles in his office is already underway, and he won't be involved with interviewing the candidates. 
Melissa Riley, he says, is planning to apply for the permanent job. Now, by now, Durst has practiced weathering criticism. With little more than a month on the job, he's already been targeted by jeers and insults from audience members at Marathon School Board meetings. Recall efforts have been launched against two of the trustees who supported him for the position on Facebook. Someone fantasized that he'd love to storm the school board and knock his effing teeth out. Ah, typical internet tough guy talk. Now, to his credit, though, Brandon Durst has, has conducted himself with, with great restraint, politeness, and patience in the face of, of uh, people who get really, really childish. Durst says he sought to listen to the concerns of his, uh, of his skeptics. He's attempted to calm the waters. He says, of course, there's people that are upset that Marissa Riley got, Melissa Riley got hired. But he says, these are the same people that are already upset. By the way, if you go to Casey Whalen's uh, Twitter account, you will see a remarkable video of uh, a lady who just takes uh, takes Brandon to task about, uh, well, you spoke about Florida. And, you know, we are nothing like Florida here in northern Idaho. Northern Idaho is not even comparable to Florida. And it would make no sense for you to be talking about Florida. And blah, 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 she's going on and on and on. And when she finally stops to take a breath so that, that Brandon can respond, he says, well, first of all, it's north Idaho. And, oh, she did not like being corrected. She absolutely lost it. Excuse you. And she marched up there and got in his space and, well, acted like a recently empowered little activist would, would act till he finally had to tell her to sit down so he could continue speaking with the community. But, again, it was very clear. Who was the adult and who was the child in that exchange? Why the vitriol? Why, why are people so angry and so bent on he cannot be allowed to, to succeed? He cannot even be given a chance to, to work within this school district. I mean, I don't have the answer other than I, I think they, they sense that they're losing control. And I guess that's just intolerable to people who are used to getting their way. Now, as far as the accusation, well, the teachers are leaving because of this right wing appointment. Durst said there may be an exodus of teachers that don't want to work with me, but... He's hearing from a surge of qualified applicants who said he wouldn't have who he said wouldn't have considered the district before he started. Yet the more teachers who leave in frustration, the more Durst is able to reshape the district. He's already been calling for applicants. Do you have a real heart for the West Bonner, North Idaho community? He wrote earlier this month on Twitter. Do you see a society heading in the wrong direction and want to make a difference? Well, that sounds to me like someone who is. He's putting the, the needs of the district above his own. Do you want to work for my kingdom? Do you want to be a part of my fiefdom? Nope, I'm not getting that vibe. So I hope the man succeeds. I hope that uh, the people who are upset can, can get themselves under control and at least stop long enough to question, is this really about we want what's right for our kids or just that we're used to getting our way and we're going to throw a temper tantrum until something happens and we get our way again? Hey, speaking of temper tantrums, Jim Jones is in fine form going off on Attorney General Raul Labrador with his unwelcome primer on Idaho's one subject rule for legislative measures. Now, this is about the open primaries initiative. Jim says the one subject rule applies to initiatives proposed by the people, and it means you can't combine two or more separate subjects into the same proposal. For example, it would clearly violate the one subject rule for a bill to set both speed limits and property tax rules. Now, he goes on to say Labrador has made it a central part of his strategy, strategy to oppose the open primaries initiative. And get this. Here we get a little bit of mind reading. I didn't know that Jim was part of that great Karnak uh, group, but like most other political observers, he says Labrador must be aware that his only route to the governor's office is to keep the closed Republican primary in place. Well, is that is that really what this is all about? Just one man's political aspirations or is Jim maybe reading and maybe casting aspersions here? 
He may be reading more into it. It gives a substantial edge to the most extreme candidates, says Jim, as demonstrated in 2018 when Janice McGeehan won the GOP primary for lieutenant governor over four other more reasonable and pragmatic candidates, by which he means people who smelled like the machinery and could be counted on to play, game, to play ball with the status quo. He also says the 2022 legislative races are illustrative, and this really is. You consider some of the names that he names here. Since Republicans win about 80% of legislative races in Idaho, the winner in the Republican primary is usually the general election winner. Dan Foreman won the Senate seat in the GOP primary in District 6 with just with uh, 2,792 votes, just 8.8% of the registered primary voters. Chris Trakel took the Senate seat from Greg Cheney in District 11 with 1,908 votes from just 9.4% of registered voters. Brian Lenny took the Senate seat from Jeff Agenbrod in District 13 with three with 3,162 votes cast by 12.7% of the registered voters. Now, if you were to look at the Freedom Index, for instance, put out by the Idaho Freedom Foundation, I wonder how each of these uh, mentioned politicians would, would score. I would think that their freedom scores are actually quite high, which is really the reason why Jim has beef. But of course, to him, these are nothing more than just, you know, extremists. How do I know this? Well, he says with the Open Primaries Initiative, Senators Jim Woodward, Carl Crabtree, and Jim Patrick, and Representatives Paul Amador, Jim Addis, and Scott Syme would also likely have retained their seats. And then he just comes right out and says the, the in his head part out loud, they were replaced by extremist GOP candidates. All right. Well, this is one of Jim's favorite words, and it's obviously one of his biggest fears. So it, when it comes down to the kind of power that we're talking about here, I think there's a, a misconception that uh, those uh, those angry activists in West Bonner County School District are operating under, as well as Jim Jones, which is the idea that, hey, whatever the people vote for, and this is one of the reasons for the open primaries, it, it brings more people into the equation, not necessarily more informed, but just uh, they're open to the idea that, well, if the numbers are there, then we get what we want. So meanwhile, back in the civilized world, a politician stands up. I say we take a vote. How many in favor of killing Bob? That's Bob there with a the little sweat over his head. Very good. All, all the hands but Bob's go up. How many opposed? All right, there's Bob's hand raised. And then we see Bob swinging from the gallows as the people in the crowd say, you know, in some countries, people aren't even allowed to vote. How barbaric. I think that's the kind of exercise of power that, that some of these uh, politically possessed people think of. They don't understand. There's a proper role. There's There are reasonable upper limits on government power. And it's not a simple matter of, well, if we just have the numbers, we can do whatever we want. I like how uh, Barry Goldwater put it. 1964 Republican convention. Got to tip my hat to Bill Colley from KLIX Radio for reminding me of this and actually playing the actual quote from that convention. Extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. I guess I would ask you to just consider if your if your goal in voting, if your goal in running for office or supporting somebody for office is so that you can lord that power over somebody else and bend them to your will, you have something wrong with your heart. You're coming at this from a wrong place. And I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. You're judging me. Well, I kind of am because that's a, that's a source of tyranny. However well-intended, but I know what's best. Of course you do. Every tyrant knows what's best. Look, government is, is for the purpose of keeping us free. That's, that's the sole reason for its existence, or at least legitimate reason. 
When people learn how to game the system, it can become a, a very burdensome, costly, and, and heavy-handed monster. And we're seeing this in a number of ways, particularly from the federal level, but it's creeping down right into our state and local governments as well. When you hear people talking about, uh, well, these extremists, they keep pushing back against the expansion of the state. They keep pushing back against wanton spending. Why are they not considered the more reasonable, pragmatic folks who are, are actually keeping government within its proper role, where it can actually be trusted and the people can willingly and voluntarily give their consent? Because it seems like the other side, the ones who feel like everybody has to be forced, they don't believe enough in their own ideas that you would voluntarily be willing to accept them. So they'd rather go out and force them on you at the point of a gun. Something pretty thuggish about that. We should be careful, you know, starting with our own hearts, with how we go about supporting and exercising political power. And don't ever forget, it's okay to be normal. It's okay to stand up and say, no. You're not imposing your will on someone else when you draw a line and say, no, I'm asserting my rights. I'm claiming them. I'm using them. I'll defend them if you make me. That's protecting your rights, and that's how you live as a free man or a free woman. Of course, people who are statists, whether they be Republican-flavored statists or Democrat-flavored statists, they don't like the idea that they're really not in control. That's too bad. I guess they'll just have to get used to it. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.